listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. You're always joined by Bob and Dan. Dan, what up? What up, Bob? Nothing, man. I'm getting ready. We're starting week three already. This season's starting to fly, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And unfortunately, it's actually going faster for those of you who have won your fantasy games. A little bit slower for the other one. <laughs> of us who are looking at an 0-2 start. Oh, boy. So, the Dan, record. Would, that, would that be you, it sounds like? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird, weird weeks. Weird, weird weeks. Weird games. Uh, definitely felt like I was in the mix for both of them. And then just, I mean, it's, it's been all over the place. I think so far uh, this league has been, in terms of fantasy, uh, and I'm talking about the NFL, uh, there's been a lot of uh, unexpected surprises uh, in terms of maybe some more consistent players that you expect to have big-time numbers not necessarily producing, and then some of those boom players showing a lot of consistency at least over the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, Dan, some trends I'm knowing is last year um, it looked like it was the year of the running backs, and it looked like this year is starting off as the year of the quarterbacks and receivers right now. Absolutely. So it looks Absolutely. like it's changing uh, tides again You know, as, as we go one way as drafters the league goes the other way and produces uh in a different uh different way than last year it looks like yeah and, and i was talking with somebody uh you had the same conversation with him earlier today bob is, uh my draft was running back heavy because you know those in usual seasons are the most valuable players and uh it is not panning out so well for us he went rb heavy in the draft so yeah yep yeah, I was fortunate. I ended up going four and zero this week, so I'll take those weeks when they come because they do not happen very often. That's for yeah, sure. three and two, three and two in all mine. Um, but unfortunately, that one of those losses has been consistently our league of record, so that's a real bummer. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's go ahead and pick it up, Dan, and we're going to start uh, talking about week three. So in today's episode, we're going to go over the Sunday night, Monday night games, since we always record uh, Sunday night during the Sunday night games. Yep. We're going to cover important news and injuries. Um, one of my favorite segments, real or fake. Uh, we'll look at some performance trends and see if they're going to continue or if this is just fake. <laughs> couple Twitter questions, and then we'll uh, capture a little bit of the Thursday night game with the Jets and the Browns. So let's go ahead and get started with just some quick recap. So in really what was a boring game Sunday night, the Cowboys yep. beat the Giants 20-13. to And Dan, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. There's just a few notes I had. To me, the Giants' offensive line and Eli looked awful. And yeah. if that's the case, that's really going to hamper the weapons for the New York Giants. Yeah, I think we had some really high hopes. I mean, me especially saying that... Eli Manning is having a bounce back campaign. That was one of my bold not takes. Uh, has the chance to be a at least a top ten quarterback. But geez, I mean, he, he had zero time to throw the ball. I mean, if you were watching this game consistently, there was two to three guys in the backfield anytime it was a pass play, uh, and the, he just had no time back there. And that offensive line was not doing that passing game any favors at all. Yeah, I mean, really. Uh- the only one that had a decent game was really Barkley, and it wasn't rushing. He only had 11 for 28. It was 16 targets, 14 receptions, 80 yards. So if he's going to yep. get that type of production, I mean, you know, Ingram had some really garbage time. He finished with 761 and one. You'll take that. But it was really Barkley shows that even if um, Eli's under duress, he can produce in the passing game almost Le'Veon Bell, Christian McCaffrey type numbers. Sure. Wise. And, and one of the ways that you can counteract kind of that speed on the defensive side is uh, screen passes and bull has Barkley shown that he can really produce in that passing game. The other thing is, is that I guess I didn't realize this, but when you watch him, it's unbelievable how good he is at making people miss. And he is a big back. He is a big boy. Uh, But boys, he, I mean, his lateral quickness is unbelievable. And I've never seen anybody do so many Madden spin moves in a game either. 
uh, he is just like a he is so much fun to watch. And uh, you know, I was a little bit low on him going into the season, and the more and more I watch him play, uh, the more and more I believe he's just going to be a spectacular player. He's he's going to be special. Uh, there's without a doubt they've hit a home run with this guy. I think. Yeah, uh, they. I think they need to figure out really the O line and maybe looking at quarterback options here. But I mean, Dallas, it's really simple. Outside of Zeke Elliott, I'm not really starting anybody. You're not even interested in Tavon Austin a little bit? Mm, no, because he disappeared in the first game. And, I mean, it was a long bomb touchdown. Now, if they start getting creative with him and using him in that way, maybe down the road. Yeah. But in 10-team, 12-team leagues, I'm, I'm leaving him go for right now and making him prove it. Yeah, I think the main person that people were looking for fantasy-wise in the Dallas offense was probably Cole Beasley. He had a really quiet game and outside Zeke Elliott. And the other thing that they really had going for them, uh, especially if you're looking for maybe a QB flyer, uh, that run-pass option with Zeke and Dak Prescott was working its way down the field um, for sure. I mean, it was one of those situations where if it wasn't Zeke getting the ball, it was Dak ripping off 15. 15 20 yard runs here and there too uh so maybe he's not going to be getting it done in the passing game but he's definitely going to give you some action on the ground game uh so that's something to consider if you're looking for maybe a, a flyer qb every now and then right and then just something to keep in mind with Tavon austin at least in espn he's dual position eligible eligible yeah, so yeah he can yeah wide receiver running back eligible so if he starts to heat up it might not be bad to have that dual capability uh on your roster there so for sure yeah, let's move on to the Monday night game where the Chicago Bears, I mean, really, they were in Man. control. I mean, it was a yeah. late surge by Seattle, but they won 24-17. to 17. So, Dan, I'll go over a few notes and then uh, get your thoughts on it. But to me, the Bears' defense looks absolutely legit with Khalil Mack on that t- uh, yeah. team. Yep. I mean, boy, if they're out on waivers, I would just roster them and play them against anybody at this point. Yeah. We said this about the Giants, but to me, the Seahawks' offensive line looks pretty bad, too. Well, this this is not even something that should surprise you, considering the first game that yeah. Seattle had, where Russie was getting knocked down nonstop. Uh, and, I mean, the other thing is, is that, I mean, he was still, he still had a halfway decent game. Uh, but, boy, he threw a really bad interception there in the third quarter when they were driving down to tie it up. It was 17-10, uh, and there was a pick six, and he just stared down his receiver the entire time. Uh, and I think that was only the second pick six that Russell Wilson's ever thrown in his career is what I heard the stat that Jason Witten dropped on Monday Night Football. So it's very rare. Uh, but, I mean, outside of Russell Wilson, there is not really much looking – uh, to help you there fantasy wise on the Seahawks team, Tyler, which is surprising. Tyler Lockett put it together a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five He's, for sixty I mean, and one. I mean, as a like a bench wide receiver, just to see if he uh, um, can keep it going. And I mean, <laughs> look, it wasn't the same yardage, but he scored. But whistling Disley, man, three for forty-two yeah. and one. I mean, right. Tight end's ugly, and maybe it's worth putting him on the bench. We we said it was fake, but, I mean, if he's going to score every week, he's going to be a top 12 tight end just by scoring every week. I mean, I watched the majority of this game, and it was kind of – it was a garbage time TD. There was literally no time left on the board. Right, right. Uh, and, but, you know, he did have a nice long game before that of like 30 to 40 yards, um, just kind of running down the middle of the field. Uh, but I, I want to just come back to that Bears defense. I mean, it, it looks legit. Like, it, it is kind of, I mean, what a difference Khalil Mack makes. Uh, the other thing is, is Danny Trevathan. Danny Trevathan had a heck of a nice game, too. Uh, if you're looking for an IDP player, uh, Trevathan had, I think, a forced fumble, a couple sacks, things like that. He's wreaking havoc in the middle spot there. Uh, so, if you, I, I mean, personally, if I can get one of those guys, if Mack's an IDP player, I know he's been picked up in our league. He had a monster game, but also Danny Trevathan. Uh, looks pretty legit too yeah good call and I mean uh, Trubisky had a little bit of a better game still uh, interceptions you know a couple of those uh, Jordan Howard got the rushing attempt just couldn't get it going did, yeah. catch, another, did catch another three passes but the, the standout for me Dan was Allen Robinson got littered with targets 14 targets yep. 10 receptions 83 yards more than doubled the next closest player which was Tyler Gabriel so you'd like to see that if you invested in Robinson 
I mean, it was a little bit of a defensive matchup. Things started opening up a little bit more in the second half. Uh, but the Bears weren't necessarily responsible. The Bears offense wasn't necessarily responsible for all the points because of the pick six. Uh, and the other thing is, is that uh, Trubisky also threw two picks. So, uh, I mean, he's going to have some growing pains. This is his first time running that offense. Uh, kind of full-time throughout the season. So I think that he, you have a decent quarterback there. If you're in a dynasty league, he's definitely going to be sitting on the bench this season. Uh, but one more year under his belt, and maybe the end of this year, depending on how the season turns out, he could really turn into a week-to-week starter. Yep. And then, um, you know, we have the tight end that, that scored Trey Burton. We're going to talk about him a little bit later because we want to yeah. go a little bit deeper into his stat lines during the first two weeks. So that covers the remaining week two games, Dan. So let's pivot and actually actually look into some important news and notes that broke since the last time we recorded here and we'll start with a couple quarterbacks I think the big one is Carson Wentz is cleared and we'll start week three so uh, for those that drafted or um, you know in keeper league I know Carson Wentz was a keeper in our league uh, you're rewarded with a pretty quick turnaround time but Dan what are your thoughts are you playing him immediately or do you want to wait and give him a week I I did draft him uh, in a league and I'm going to probably wait a week just because I want to see how he responds to being back. Uh, and the other thing is, is that he doesn't have his full array of weapons yet. Alshon Jeffrey's still out and uh, Ajay, I know, is a little banged up. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I think at this point, if you have him rostered, you probably have another Q- QB rostered. And if they're playing well, say, for example, if you have Fitzmagic or uh, Mahomes or uh, maybe some of those guys who people didn't really expect to have great years thus far, uh for example, even if you have Philip Rivers, I'm probably rolling with them one more week before I put Carson Wentz in. Uh, but I think after that, after you kind of let him shake, shake the rust off a little bit, um, he's going to be your week week to week starter for sure. Yeah, and I think this is good news. I mean, Nick Foles has looked good, uh, not great, but I think this is going to be good news for guys like Ertz and Aguilar. I mean, Aguilar was a guy that I spoke about in the offseason that I really liked. I think it's just going to make his targets more meaningful. I mean, he had a pretty nice game last week, but um, like I said I picked him to be the number one over Jeffrey even when healthy so I I like the return of Wentz coming back for Aguilar long term as well Uh, yeah I I think the skill position guys get an upgrade um, just because of the talent level the QB but still I think I'm waiting a week I'm a little bit more conservative with my uh, fantasy play um, so maybe that's why that's just me Um, but again I, I think if he's your only quarterback you're playing him but if you have, you usually already have to have somebody else roster because he's been out week one and week two. Uh, I would roll with that guy one more week as long as the matchup's great and just see where you go from here. Uh, I agree. So next one is Aaron Rodgers. So speaking Monday, Coach Mike McCarthy said uh, Aaron Rodgers was sore, but he escaped without further damage in Sunday's tie. The good thing is they get the Redskins next, who Andrew Luck had a pretty good day, but we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. So, I mean, he's going to be the top one, two quarterback this week going into a favorite matchup health you know without any further damage i don't want to say healthy but without any further damage yeah you know what but he doesn't look like the same old aaron Rodgers. you know what i mean like he's not having those big time uh weeks uh he had a nice week one and i understand minnesota's a tough defense uh, but that was a back and forth game, and I I don't know I think that if it's Aaron Rodgers you have him you're starting him, um, but I don't think I think you have to temper your expectations at least if I have him I'm tempering my expectations that you know what uh, uh, maybe I'm not getting 400 yards and four touchdowns maybe you are though but it just doesn't seem like he's back he's not full strength um, so maybe you just need to kind of temper your expectations a little bit with him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as a Devontae Adams owner, I'm excited. As long as he's playing, he keeps Devontae viable as, as a wide sure. receiver one. So um, I like the matchup with the Redskins, and we'll, we'll get to our rankings tomorrow and Thursday. We'll, we'll examine you know exactly where we have him ranked. But got to be happy that at least he's um, you know not any further damage. It's going to be a pain management, it looks like, for the foreseeable future. For sure. Um, let's move on to some running backs and start off with Shady McCoy. And there's even <laughs> been news since we put together our, our show notes here, but Adam Schefter reports McCoy's dealing with cracked rib cartilage and is questionable for week three. Per Schefter, he should not miss more than one game if that. 
he has apparently played through this issue before, but now we're getting some more, uh, you know, drama outside of football too with, um, I believe the mother of LaShawn McCoy's child is possibly trying to put some child endangerment abuse uh, allegations out there as well, which McCoy's already denied. But boy, there's a lot of just black cloud around not only Buffalo, but Shady McCoy. Yeah. I mean, it's... (laughs) I, I I don't uh, outside of the the legal stuff and stuff like that. Um, frankly, the first two weeks he has had forgettable performances, and uh, and I don't necessarily think it speaks to Shady's talent. I think it speaks to the talent that's around him. He just cannot get anything going. Uh, nobody on this team can get anything going. Um, you know what? It, it could be a completely forgettable season for him. Um, I think I don't know if you saw the story, but I think we might have talked about it a little bit. I mean, they had guys retiring at halftime during their last game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it must be a miserable place to be if you've got people literally retiring in the middle of the game being like, yeah, I don't need this. I'm done. Uh, so think about that in terms of if you're LaShawn McCoy, you're the only offensive weapon for the most part. Everything's on your shoulders. You've got all this other stuff going on. Uh, I just don't know if it's his his head's in it. And I, I mean, I don't know if my head would be in it if I'm in that situation. So uh, I think you really might need to look elsewhere if you've got Shady McCoy, uh, maybe for the foreseeable future, unless the matchup looks fantastic. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm really down on him at this point, unfortunately, since we traded. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we took the swing. I didn't think the offense would be this poor, and then with all sure. this, yeah, I, we're just not going to play him. I, you know, I'd rather play Marsh, really anybody, Marshawn Lynch. I think we're moving Matt Breda up into our active lineup yep. in our dynasty league. He's a must start over top of, excuse me, Shady McCoy. Yeah. So yeah, we have options. I would move on, hold him. He's got the talent, but right. boy, this offense just looks putrid right now. You, you think at, at any point Shady's just like trade me? You, I mean, at that point, I mean, there's been some midseason trade action already. Uh, he he's not he's not getting any younger. Uh, people want to win rings. If I'm Shady, do you think there's at some point where he says, you know what, I'm out. Try to get some draft picks for me. Um, I want out. I would if I were him. This is a no sure. lose. It's a complete. Re- they could be the worst team in the league this year. The Cardinals are very close, right next to them there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Dan, let's move on to Jay Ajayi. So this one sort of came out of nowhere, but um, NBC Sports Philadelphia reports Eagles co- offensive coordinator Mike Groh indicated there's a good chance Jay Ajayi sits Week Three. To me, that's a Corey Clement game. He's He could be in line for a big workload against the Colts. He had 85 yards and a TD on 11 touches last week. Yep. Um, I know we mentioned waivers on the last show, but he's probably right behind Gio Bernard as a sneaky pickup for those that need some running back help this week. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, and, I mean, last week, uh, J.I.J.I. kind of saved you – from starting him by getting that late touchdown in the second half by coming back for some reason. Um, but I think at this point he and Gio, uh, if you need running back help, those are the two top picks for me in terms of waiver wire pickups. Yep. And I don't, I don't think it's even close. I, my third would be probably Buck Allen based on just uh, mass availability. Obviously if Breda's out there, he's probably yep. the number one, Yeah, uh, but we're not counting I him because think- he's fairly rostered. Yeah, I don't think there's any league out there that doesn't have Breda on a roster at this point. And if if he is, uh, you're in a you're in a league where people are not paying attention very well to who kind of exploding in there in the fantasy scene. Amen. So yeah, just keep a lookout. Uh, check if Corey Clement's available, and if he is, I mean, I think you got to put in for him, even if it's just the one week. Jai can deal with injuries here and there, um, so just something to sort of protect, even if you're not a Jai owner. He could be. But this flex- is. This is kind of two weeks where you're dealing with JHI injuries too. So, I mean, I mean, at some point he's he might not be able to bounce back from injuries. Which at that point, having Clement on that roster is just making has a much more value. Um, I think fantasy wise, because JHI has already been banged up twice uh, and has been limited in in-game production because of those injuries in two weeks back to back. Yep, I agree and. I think this one's just, boy, it's like we equated it to our Dynasty League team. There's always people that trade with a team that's fully loaded and give him good players. Right. 
Josh Gordon was acquired by the Patriots from the Browns <laughs> in exchange for a conditional fifth round pick in the 2019 draft. If Gordon is active for 10 games in New England, the fifth rounder would be the only pick changing hands. If Gordon is active for fewer than 10 games, the Pats kick back a 2019 seventh rounder for the Browns. So, How to- does this happen? How does this <laughs> trade happen? It's just like, hey, uh, we'll give you our best deep threat. And if he plays and he's outstanding, you give us a fifth round pick. But if he stinks, you don't have to give us anything. <laughs> Literally. I mean, how? What? what is going on? Why yeah. are you – First of all, why are you trading with the Patriots? There should be a moratorium on that completely because of the Patriots. Uh, but why, how do they get such a sweetheart deal from the Browns? I don't get this. Yeah, the Browns just like giving the Patriots players that produce. I think they gave them Deion Lewis, you know, and he turned into be a great running back for them. And now you're giving them Josh Gordon. And Josh Gordon's going to come up later on. There were some Twitter questions we were involved in that we wanted to bring onto the podcast and discuss in a little more detail. But yeah, I mean, come on, Cleveland. I, I get it. I mean, I get it from their side. They really stuck by this guy's side, and apparently, you know, he's coming up injured. Maybe he was sort of not fully disclosing the reason for the injury. And I mean, one more slip up, and the guy's out of the league. So right. it just became too much risk. So I think you got to get that out of your locker room, even though he's such an immense talent. But Really, it could have been anybody but the Patriots. Yeah, I, I get that, and I understand that he maybe he screwed up. Maybe he's got uh, you know a, a less than stellar record in terms of honesty with the organization. But uh, the rich just keep getting richer at the expense of everybody else. Uh, and this is a Steeler fan of me talking, not necessarily a fantasy fan of me talking. Um, I know for a fact that people who have Josh Gordon were saying, "Eh, maybe I'll just drop him," and I said. At least to the people, I, I'm like, I'd hold on to him just to see what happens because it went from an outright release to now we're trying to trade him. And if he landed in somewhere like Dallas or San Francisco, you were pretty going to be pretty excited. I, I, New England wasn't even on the radar for me in this particular <laughs> case. And to just see kind of what they were able to work out deal-wise, I mean, how is this a losing situation for New England at it's all? Not. It's a fifth-round pick. Wait wait till Julian Edelman gets back. They will have Edelman, Chris Hogan, Josh Gordon, Rob Gronkowski as their weapons on the outside. I mean, and Brady <laughs> your, as your quarterback. Yeah, I mean – like he's not going to figure out a way to tear every defense up with those weapons. Your only hope is to, uh, you know, somehow, some way, trade for the entire Jacksonville defense and <laughs> roll them out for you. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me uh, that this is like the probably one of the best moves I've ever seen trade-wise for any team. Such an upside with so little risk. Unbelievable. Right. Let's uh, cover some other wide receiver news. Just some smaller uh, relative news. Mike Wallace. Ankle injury is going to keep him out for a while. To me, this just solidifies that Ertz and Aguilar are going to be target hogs for the immediate future. So if you got any one of them, just keep rolling them out because they're just going to get so much volume. Yep. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes expects Larry Fitzgerald with a hammy to play (laughs) week three against the Bears. Uh, Who cares? As much as I hate saying this, I don't know if you can even play him against the Bears. Right. Who cares? Two weeks of just completely terrible quarterback play in Arizona like why aren't they starting the rookie yet he cannot be any worse than what Bradford's been doing I mean he's the value of David Johnson right now in the toilet the value of Larry Fitzgerald fantasy wise right now not very good Uh, and I can pretty much attribute that right to Sam Bradford Uh, just I mean he's just been inefficient it doesn't mean he's a bad player he's just been so efficient it's just dragging that whole offense down at this point yep then the last one, it, I think it's nothing about nothing, but we, we got to make sure to cover it because it's the best wide receiver in the league. Antonio Brown's agent insists his client does not want to trade and says Monday's absence was related to a personal matter. To me, this was just always a Twitter troll that AB tried to put in his place, and now in the age that we live in right now, everything's blown out of proportion. Yeah. I, I just think this team just doesn't handle losing very well living right. in Pittsburgh, but right. it's nothing about nothing. He'll be ready, and I guarantee you the squeaky wheel's going to get some oil on Monday night. I think AB is going to have a huge game against Tampa Bay. I agree with you, Bob. This is like just the kind of the age of uh, we need something to talk about, so we'll make something to talk about. 
uh, and in a in a age in which social media, you have access to literally anyone, and you can talk trash to just about anyone. Uh, this is what we get. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you can say what that guy said and be completely honest about that because uh, AB is the best receiver in the league. It, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's nice that he and Ben have a rapport, but I would expect that uh, my buddy from Boston has been saying he wants a trade. He wants a trade. He's out of there. He's out of there. <laughs> Wait till he gets on the Patriots. And I was like, that'll never happen. Yeah. Trust me, that'll never happen. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's exactly what, like, when I saw that, I wasn't like, there, okay, I'll admit, there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, no. Then I was like, no, this is just like Twitter, Twitter beef. Uh, it's a story about nothing. It's ridiculous that his agent even had to come out and say anything about it. Right. Uh, but I'm glad he did put it to bed and we'll just move on from here. Um, I think it's very rare for a sealer team to be, oh, one and one. Uh, and that cannot sit well with the team that was expected to be in the Super Bowl or projected to be in the Super Bowl by a bunch of experts. Right. Uh, so I agree with you, Bob. A non-story, but something that's blown out of proportion. And the last one, since our Week 2 game recap started off with the <laughs> kickers were awful, Vikings signed kicker Dan Bailey. I mean, he was great in Dallas. There's nothing more For to sure. be said. If you have a yeah. crappy kicker, you might as well give him a flyer because he's going to be better than probably most kickers that were out there, at least based on last week's performance. Yeah, and Cleveland signed some random dude as well. That guy got fired. Uh, just a bad, bad week for kickers. Uh, weird week. I mean, it makes for exciting games uh, just because you really like expect some of those field goals to be automatic for an NFL kicker and to kind of see those shank apotamuses shoot left and right. Uh, you know, it, it makes for a fun and interesting game for sure. Yeah, so that covers the news and notes that we wanted to cover uh, getting ready for week three. But, Dan, let's do uh, you know one of my favorite segments that we're doing where we're going to look at discussing real or fake. So we're going to look at uh, players with very good or possibly very bad performances, and we're going to discuss uh, is this real? Can we be confident moving forward, or is this fake? And you might fade it a little bit. So, yep. um, Dan, do you want to read the goods or the bads, and we'll just uh, keep that cadence the whole way through. You tell me what you want to do. I'm going to read the bad bodies. All right, then I'll, I'll read the good then. So I'll start with QB. So the good, I mean, I don't even know if good's the right way to say it. Uh, Great. And Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Amazing. Um, Unbelievable. S- astounding. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, because they're all pretty accurate. <laughs> right. Um, it's Pat Mahomes. 30 or 23 for 28 326 yards six tds five rushes 18 yards as a Steeler fan he owned us yep let me give you some other stats and we're going to talk about is this a must start you know top five type of quarterback rest of the season through two games 38 for 55 582 yards 10 touchdowns no interceptions 10 rushes 39 yards his 17 game pace right now and i, I love doing this because it always makes it look so insane yeah it's r- absurd <laughs> If he kept this pace for the full 17-game season, 323 for 468, 4,947 yards, 85 touchdowns with no interceptions, 85 rushes for 332 yards. So basically the greatest season ever. Obviously, he's not going to reach that number. But, damn, based on his two-game stretch here, I mean, you have to believe this is real at this point. I'm going to say real. Uh, you have to. I mean, uh, he has shown he has shown me nothing in the past two games for me to doubt this guy's talent. Uh, and he, boy, is he surrounded with some talented weapons, especially in the receiving game. Uh, we both called out Tyreek Hill this year for having a monster season. Kelsey had a huge bounce back game. Uh, highest scoring t- tight end last week. Um, I just, I mean, I, I have no reason to believe this is not real. Uh, the dude's a stud. A star was born last week in Pittsburgh. Uh, if I have Mahomes, I'm riding him out for the rest of the season for sure. Fantasy, he's my, he's my, he's my starting fantasy quarterback no matter what the situation at this point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is he going to have a down game? It's going to happen at some point. Sure. But Dan, you brought up a great point. He's got weapons all over the place, and Andy Reid's putting him in a great position position to succeed yeah at this point you have to believe it's real and there's not many quarterbacks right now i'd probably i'd play over him at this point you just gotta when a guy's on this much of a hot streak you just gotta ride it out so this to me is is real there are there is going to be some regression
regression at some point, but I mean, what's regression? You know, two seventy five and and two touchdowns. I mean, right. I'd gladly take that on a weekly basis too. So when a when a guy's on a heater, you keep throwing them the dice, and I'm keep throwing the dice to Pat Mahomes. I mean, he is just unstoppable at this point. Uh, I mean, sure. Do I think he probably would not have this great of a game against Jacksonville, for example, or Chicago at this point, for example? Definitely not. But I still feel confident in him considering the other weapons around uh, that he would be a good, viable start, even against those top-tier defenses. And he gets the 49ers coming up next, so he should be able to really light it up again. Starting him. Yep. So, Dan, let's uh, go to the bat. Why don't you read off the bat? Sure. It's Sammy Bradford. (laughs) 17 for 27 for 90 yards. (laughs) (laughs) Zero touchdowns. One interception. For the two games, he's 37 for 61 for 243 total yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Is this real? Yeah, this this is real, and it's it's in a bad way. (laughs) They should just bench him at this point. He looks awful. The offense looks awful. Shake it up. Yeah. I mean, I actually thought, you know, okay, this is a nice bridge to get to Josh Rose, and maybe it gives you another good year because he looked good in Minnesota until he got injured. Yep. And I thought with Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, you know, hey, uh, this might not be as bad as it could be for them as they get Josh Rosen up to par. But, I mean, 17 for 27 for 90 yards. I mean, yeah, that's awful. That's awful. So his two-game total is less than what Mahomes had last week against <laughs> the Steelers. I mean, it is brutal. It is brutal. He, he is not a fantasy starting quarterback right now at all. Uh, if he's on, replace him with some random, you know, tight end. I mean, you, there's just no reason to start this guy at this point. And what the bummer of it is is that David Johnson was unanimously a first-round pick when you're doing your draft, and his value is just has never been lower at this point. I, I did see something on RotoWire that they're going to try playing him in the slot a little bit now, right? Getting a little bit more involved in the passing game because they're, you know, kind of wasting his talents. They were saying using him as like on the ground and pound back. But even when he was doing the ground and pound stuff, there was no running room. He wasn't breaking off any kind of uh, significant runs or anything like that. It's been a bummer of a year for him so far. Yeah, and and we're actually going to talk about him in a minute. But Sam Bradford, even in – like I'm in a super flex league. I'm not even thinking about putting him as like my third quarterback. So they need to start Josh Rose and get him out of there and and just start the rebuild now. And it – you know, who knows? A rookie quarterback could come in and just catch a little bit of fire and change things around. So I mean just shake it up a little bit. People are – you know, I I, I just don't know what you need to do there in Arizona. Obviously, I'm not a football coach. I'm looking at this from purely the fantasy perspective. Um, But with the quarterback there that is Sam Bradford – uh, I just I have no confidence in anybody. Uh, so I mean, is there a point where I'm considering not starting David Johnson? Maybe if a matchup is more favorable for somebody like Crowell or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it just depends on who the the Cardinals are playing because it has been just kind of Dullsville last two weeks or the first two weeks for these guys for sure. Yeah, and it looks like let me I'm, I've got the schedules up right now here. The Cardinals get the Bears, so ugh. <laughs> Ew, God. Ugh. Yeah. I, I think for sure you're not expecting uh, – I mean, there's a chance that the Bears defense could outscore all of the offensive players on Arizona. Uh, in fact, I'll make that call right now. Uh, I, I'm calling that in the, in your league, um, that in that game, I think that the Bears defense will outscore all of the skill position players uh, in Arizona. We'll put that one on the board, Dan. I think you're right. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go to running back and the good. I mean, how can you not say he's the third leading rusher in the league right now? Philip Lindsay, 14 rushes, 107 yards, one reception for four yards. Let's give some comparison through two games. 29 rushes, 178 yards, no touchdowns yet, at least through the ground. Three receptions, 35 yards, one TD through the air. Compare that to Royce Freeman, who only gets 23 rushes, so six less rushes, 99 yards, and one touchdown. Dan, is Philip Lindsay real or fake? Uh, I think he's real. And, and here's the reason why, is that when you watch this game, 
uh, it just seems like Lindsay is running with more kind of explosiveness. And I, I, I just think back to the last drive of the game when they're driving down uh, to kick that field goal. And Lindsay's given the ball in the backfield and he is just like he blows through for a gain of like over 10 yards I think and then Royce Freeman gets the ball in the goal line and gets kind of stood up there at the line uh, I get it maybe it's a different goal line package or the defense and stuff like that but it just looked to me like Lindsay was the better back and whenever you look I saw it on Roto World they're just going to keep riding the hot hand and right now Lindsay's the hot hand Yep. Uh, so I, at this point I probably would rather start Lindsay than Royce Freeman um, for the foreseeable future just because he has the hot hand right now so if he's playing well if he comes out and he's running with the same kind of effort he's been running with uh, he's going to be the back to go to. Yeah, I mean, it, worst case scenario, he's in a 50-50 split, but like you said, right. he's more explosive. So I yep. totally think it's real. When you've got the third leading rusher, man, you just got to let him go. Sure. I mean, uh, listen to this top three list rushers. Number one so far, Matt Breda. Number two, Joe Mixon. Number three, Philip Lindsay. Right. We're going to talk wild. about that a little uh, little bit later. I think, or, or no, I'm sorry, I didn't put that in, but uh, I, I posed the question back out at tw- on Twitter. I'm like, Okay, here's your top three rushers for this week. Tell me, where did you draft two or three of these, uh, if you did at all? And it was like, Breda maybe is a late-round flyer. Joe Mixon yep. is the obvious one. Yep. But, you know, I grabbed Philip Nobody Lindsay. drafted Lindsay. Yeah, I grabbed him in the Superflex League week one. 14-team league, I ponied up, but I played him immediately to pay dividends. You, you've got to just keep riding it while he's this hot. Yep, ride it up. Ride that pony, Carruthers. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. The Pony Express. <laughs> um, so, Dan, go ahead with the bad. And I'm sorry, Arizona, but it sounds like we're picking on you. Yeah, bad is David Johnson last week. 13 rushes, 48 yards, one reception, three yards. Through the two games, 22 rushes, 85 yards, one touchdown, six receptions, 33 yards. The 17-game pace for this fella at this level, 187 rushes, 723 yards, 8.5 touchdowns, 51 receptions, 281 yards. That's the entire season. Real or fake, Bobby? So, I know we just talked about it, but I have to go fake. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm just going to believe in this guy's talent. I mean, two years ago, he was the leading running back with a bullet. And you have to think, I would even think ownership's gotten involved in this time, you know, this time. Hey, we paid this guy. Let's start using him the way he should be used. So I think right. he's going to get more use in the passing game, which I think is going to help maybe soften the box for him by himself. Now, obviously, I don't like, I don't even think he's going to be a top 15 running back this week against the Bears. Mm-mm. But I'm just going to believe in the talent. Um, you know, so even if he has another bad game against the Bears, which I predict he will. I think it's just fake. I, I just got to believe in the town. I can't believe he's too bad. But then uh, the only thing that's making me concerned is the comparison I saw out uh, in discussion was, could this just be another Jeff Fisher, Todd Gurley situation where the coach just doesn't use an absolutely insane weapon the right way? I hope right. that's not the case. But right now I'm calling fake and just believing in the ta- talent. And that was one of the things that I saw, too, that people were saying that the coach just doesn't know what to do with them. Uh, he just doesn't have packages that kind of will allow David Johnson to use his talents to exploit defenses in the way that he had been previous to the season. Uh, but uh, I will go fake, I guess, at this point. Uh, but I'm I'm concerned that if there's not a QB change, that you are looking elsewhere for David Johnson. I mean, at this point, he I would probably consider him a flex play at best. I and mean, that, you you probably have to play him because you you drafted him early and he's your supposed to be your stud. Um, but if you have other viable options, uh, I might even just throw him in the flex or maybe even let him sit this week just because he's playing the Bears and its offense, as shown by the last two things we talked about, has been putrid. Isn't that that's sad to say of like a top two three pick that it's, right. it's gotten this bad this early yep. but it, unfortunately it is it is what it is you, you can't get too deep you got to believe in the talent but you also got to win so if, you know if he's not going to help you win this week you, you probably you probably have some better options out there that you can use which is a shame to say but it's true For sure. so yep all right so dan let's move on to wide receivers and boy this guy he's shown flashes like this before but yeah our, our goods to sean jackson we were worried that maybe the concussion would uh 
keep him out, and he played, and it was another four receptions, 129 yards, one TD through two games. I believe he's nine for nine, nine targets, nine receptions, 275 yards, three TDs. I like doing this just because it's fun saying it. The 17-game pace, 77 receptions, 2,338 yards, and 25 and a half touchdowns. Dan, (laughs) Dan, is this real or is this fake? I'm going to say this is real. And uh, uh, I think that if you have Deshaun Jackson, you're playing him this week. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's at least your flex play, uh, if not in the mix to be at least your, your wide receiver too. Um, you saw what the uh, Chiefs just did to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, so it's either going to go one of two ways. It's going to light a fire under the defense and they're going to come out and they're going to look stellar. Or they, they just don't have have uh the talent there right now and it's going to be another uh episode of fitz magic and deshaun long bomb connection uh because i mean you were worried about the concussion he put that concern to bed right away with a 75 yard touchdown uh i think this is legit uh i I think that defenses are concerned about mike evans which allows deshaun jackson to get behind um, those secondaries and Fitzmagic has shown, and I'm calling him Fitzmagic forever, until he until he has a terrible game, um, has shown that he'll throw the long ball, he'll take these chances, and uh, Deshaun Jackson's going to make the most of it at this point. So I think this is real. I, I think this could be a real big bounce back here for him. Yeah, I, obviously he's not going to reach that projection, uh, the 17 game pace. But I mean, yeah, he's going to cool off a little. But, but I mean, I just and we talked about it too, Dan. No way they give up the job unless Fitzmagic just falls apart in the next two games. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Jameis Winston, you should probably be uh, kicking yourself for getting yourself suspended and giving this guy a chance to kind of show how we can. I mean, he, he has been a good player through in the league, but uh, this could be probably the most talented team he's been on. And it seems like he's having a blast playing with him. I mean, you saw him come out at the press conference. I mean, that was great. Uh, and when you're having fun and the team's having fun uh, – that just makes going out there and playing that much easier. Uh, and it looks like that team is kind of poised for a big year. Yeah, you got to buy, play him until he goes yep. off. Got to play him. So, play him. Dan, go ahead to our bad. The bad would be Robbie Anderson. Last game, three receptions, 27 yards, one fumble lost. Through these last two games, he's had four receptions for 68 yards and one touchdown. Real or fake? I think this is real, and, and we put a comparison note, and, and here's the reason why. He's still he, he's in that Deshaun Jackson mold of a large play type of player. Yep. But Sam Darnold's got eyes for Quincy Nunwa through two games. He's 13 receptions, 155 yards, and one touchdown. So yep. I, I think this is what people somewhat had to worry about. The regression would come just by Nunwa being ha- uh, healthy. So I think this bad start for Robbie Anderson, unfortunately, is real because Darnold's really locked into Anunua at this point. It definitely seems like he and Anua have this good rapport going, and uh, whenever he's looking to make a play, it seems like he's looking Quincy's way the entire time. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's fake at real at this point. Uh, we're only two games in, and I think you saw in that first game what Robbie Anderson offers, long long ball touchdowns. Uh, I think maybe once uh, Darnold gets a little bit more familiar with the offense, uh, a little bit more comfortable actually playing in legit NFL games, uh, that Robbie Anderson could have a bounce back uh you know, type of game here and there. So right now I'm going to say it's fake. And I, I'm expecting him to be better than he was last game. Uh, you saw the talent that he has in that first game. Uh, maybe he wasn't the, the big play threat consistently throughout, but there is a spark there. And uh, I expect Robbie Anderson to be better than he was last game. So I'm going to say fake. Good, yeah. At least, uh, yeah, we're going to agree to disagree. So that's always good to get a different opinion. So we're not always on the same page there. So For sure. Tight end, good. Jesse James, uh, five receptions, 138 yards, one touchdown on five targets. So he made them all count through two yep. games, eight receptions, 198 yards, one touchdown. Is this real or fake, Dan? I'm going to say it is fake. And the only reason I'm going to say it's fake is that uh, I just don't see this big play 
kind of offense running through Jesse James. So when it's there, Ben's going to throw to him. Um, but let's be honest, this offense runs through AB. It's starting to run a lot more through Juju. Uh, and it's going to run through James Conner. Uh, so I think these last two games, he was just kind of taking what they were giving him. Um, and I don't think it's going to be very often where they're going to be able to take AB away. Um, he had a bad game this last game in Kansas City. Uh, Juju had a great game, but, but I, I just don't expect uh, Jesse James to keep this level of production going. Uh, I know Vance McDonald's there. Jesse James has been the better tight end first through the first two weeks. Um, but still, I, I just don't think that he can keep this level of production up just because of how many other weapons are there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I said, uh, I agree with you. I think this is fake, too. And I, and I put a note in as we prepare for the show. He started off hot last year with two touchdowns, and then it was a lot of, like, three for 38 type of performances. Sure. And you can just find that on the waiver at this point. So um, temper the he's expectations. Very, uh, he's very Kyle Rudolph. You know what I mean? Uh, like yeah. he'll have, he could have a game here or there. Uh, I think he's more touchdown dependent. So, I mean, I'm not breaking my budget for him. Um, I mean, I said on Sunday, maybe it's a guy you stash and see how things go from here. Um, but I don't believe it's going to be kind of a sustainable fantasy level at this point. And you brought it up. I think once Vance McDonald get, gets healthy, he showed against the Jaguars in the playoffs. He's just a, a better weapon, more more dynamic. Not to say that Jesse isn't, but I think Vance is just more of an athlete. So I'd say sure. fake on that. So. Let's move on to the bad, and, and we sort of have a don't worry, and then we have one we want to dive into deeper. So, Dan, why don't you do the don't right. worry first, and we'll just get that yeah. out of the way. I think the don't worry is uh, big Rob Gronkowski, two receptions, 15 yards. Relax. Real or fake. Yep. Relax. <laughs> take it easy, take it's it easy everyone. It's Gronk. I know, seriously. And now that he has Josh Gordon coming his way, uh, he's going to be even more Gronk than he ever was before. Uh, yeah, I've, man, I was, I've, this has kind of been the uh, talk around the water cooler uh, lately is, man, I, I was kind of surprised with how, I knew Jacksonville's defense was good, uh, but boy, they just made New England look silly on yep. Sunday. Yep, they're, they're, they're legit, No, nothing more to say. Dan, let's go to our, our real bad, and this might surprise you because if you had him, he's definitely uh, a good option because of a touchdown. Yeah. But let's look deeper into the numbers. Who do we got as our real one that we want to focus on? Trey Burton, four receptions, 20 yards, one touchdown. Real or fake? Boy, I, I'm going to say it's fake, and here's the only reason why. And he only has five receptions for 35 yards and one touchdown to start the year. Um but they preached that he could be leading the tight ends in yards and they want to use him like a Kelsey-like weapon. So I think once um, their quarterback gets a little more uh, comfortable in Trubisky, I think that might happen. So I'm going to say fake for right now. You're pleased with the touchdown, but I think he's going to get more involved here in the future. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's early for you to say uh, for us to kind of lock ourselves into this, but uh, be honest with you, I, I think this could be real. Um, I mean, you said it yourself. Look how many targets Allen Robinson had in comparison to the rest of the people on the team. Um, I know that this the new Bears coach is this offensive kind of guru and stuff like that. I just think that I don't know. I just have concerns that the offense isn't going to run through him, kind of like the offense runs through Gronk or Kelsey at this point. Um, I think there is a concern that maybe there is too many mouths to feed uh, around there. That know they get Tarek Cohen, uh, and I know they're trying to get Jordan Howard way more involved in the passing game and the running game. Uh, so maybe there's just too many mouths to feed for this rookie quarterback, or sorry, sophomore year quarterback to come out and uh, feed. So I'm a little concerned that this could be real. So I'm going to say real, but with some reservation. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, that covers our real or fake for week two. So once again, one of our favorite segments, we really like dissecting uh, these trends or these games and providing our insights. So uh, we look forward to doing that again next week after our week three. Um, but Dan, let's go and move on. I want to cover a couple Twitter questions real quick before we move on to the Thursday night game. And first one I want to cover is uh, just, these are all conversations I, I was in and I thought they were all interesting questions at Cortez underscore Legrand, the, the Legrand fantasy filter. Now that Flash Gordon is headed to New York, 
What do you think for those with Gordon on their roster? Are you buying low or selling high? I am. Uh, I'm buying low. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't really know what to expect. I know that everybody is thinking this is going to be uh, just like that year that Randy Moss went there and he and Brady with this amazing long ball connection. I mean, we run through that stat every single time we talk about Tom Brady. Um, but I, I just don't know if that's what you're going to get. And I'm concerned maybe because of the, you know, the if you can't succeed here, he can't succeed anywhere. You know what I mean? I mean, he's not going to have the same, I feel like he's not going to have the same level of kind of, uh, I think he's going to be on a much shorter leash in terms of what he's, what he's going to be able to do, uh, you know, behavior wise. Um, and, uh, this is going to be the time for him to kind of say, to put up or shut up and be like, Hey, my talent is worth, um, this X amount of dollars. Cause look what I can do on a good team. Um, I think a lot of people expected Brandon Cooks to have that kind of year when he went to the Patriots. Everyone was really excited. Oh, my God, Brady's got this deep threat. Brady's got this deep threat. And he had a good season, but he didn't have a Randy Moss-like season. Uh, So at this point, um, I am not going all in to try to get Gordon on my team. Um, If you can get him for a reasonable price, uh, sure, grab him. But my expectations, again, I'm a little bit more conservative than most. Uh, when it comes to this stuff, uh, are low at this point. Uh, so, I mean, it's a nice trade. We talked about that earlier. But uh, by no means do I think Josh Gordon is going to kind of blow the doors off the place uh, at this point. I'm going to wait and see what happens. Yeah, and I'm going to sell high, and I would target that same person that says this could be Randy Moss all over again and get sure. whatever you can because I don't think that's going to happen. And you got to remember – one more slip up from this guy and he's out of the league. So done. If you've right. got somebody that thinks he's going to be the next Randy Moss in New England, you sell him right now and don't even think twice about it. So, and, and here's the other thing is that when, I, I mean, what incentive does New England have to put up with a headache? You know what I mean? Right. So we talked about the trade earlier. It, it is so in favor of the Pats. It's ridiculous. He could come in, you know, having have a good game or kind of be a headache and if they just weren't like you know what not worth it see you later it doesn't cost us anything anyways uh who knows what happens at this point yeah so um you know uh, like i said that that's my point of view and let's move on to an, another question that i like and dan I, it's from at k rich 1532 kyle richardson if you remove the 68 yard run against the jags saquon barkley has 70 yards rushing on 25 carries through his first six nfl quarters uh in the nfl football league I followed that up within that thread and just asked, are Barkley owners concerned about this? So, Dan, if you're a Barkley owner, are you concerned about that stat line? No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, and I, I'm not because I think in the last game uh, you saw in – the, in the Monday night game, you saw the talent that the dude has. Um, and he is kind of being held back by the offensive line it's not a san juan barkley talent level problem it's a new england new york giant offensive line talent level problem um but the other thing is is that he's shown that he can be a big part of the passing game uh and he's shown to me at least that he has a chance to break anything he gets his hands on uh so i think the big play potential is there i'm not worried about him if i have san juan barkley he's a must start on my fantasy roster every single week yeah, I mean, he's been targeted 22 times in the passing game. That's Le'Veon Bell, Christian McCaffrey numbers. I wouldn't be concerned. you got to believe in the talent, just like we said with David Johnson. So, yep. as you can see, he could break a 60-yard run, you know, 68-yard-plus run at any moment. So, sure. just hold the faith. Don't don't be too concerned. I mean, at this point, are you more concerned about David Johnson or San Juan Barkley? Uh, ooh, ooh, good question. David Johnson, just because he doesn't have any type of weapons outside of himself, really. If Larry Fitz is going to be hampered, he has nothing. Whereas Saquon at least has ODB. Um, he has Evan Ingram. So he has something to take the pressure away, and the box won't be stacked on him completely. Now, the offensive line sucks in both areas, but right. um, I'll take the team that has more weapons around him. 
that that's my only reasoning. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the other thing is, is that I think that the play calling in New York has been more creative in terms of getting him the ball in space. Uh, whereas we talked about this earlier, David Johnson is not really being used in the classic David Johnson way. I think the idea of the New York Giants is, is that if we can't get the ball to Beckham, if we can't get the ball to Ingram, then we're going to try to give the ball to Barkley as many times as we can and in as many ways as we can. Uh, so at this point, I probably would rather have Barkley than Johnson. Less concerned about Barkley than I am about Johnson. Right. So, yeah, there's some Twitter questions that we were a part of and uh, really enjoy being a part of those on Twitter. Once again, we're at Not Takes FF. We'll always look for feedback and questions around this time of the week to integrate into our show. Those just happen to be ones that I jumped in on uh, during the week that I just wanted to bring to the show that I thought were valuable. So, Dan, before we close out the show, let's just give a quick Thursday night preview. It's the Jets at the Browns. So uh, just on you know team name value, not not anything pretty, but let's look at it fantasy-wise. To me, both defenses are in play here. I mean, uh, I like both defenses. I also might like, um, you know, Isaiah Crowell. The, you know, at least fantasy-wise, Cleveland runs game, running game is a little bit vulnerable. Um, so he might be a good flex option. Um, I do like Tyrod Taylor to have a bounce back with Jarvis Landry. Um, but really, that's about it. I, I really trust the defenses in this game. Yeah, I, I also think that the defenses in this game are going to be uh, legit. Uh, you know what the thing is, is that I think at this point, you were, uh, you and I talked about this. Cleveland defense, legit play every week uh, right. so far. Right. Uh, I mean, look what they did against Pittsburgh. And then the other thing is, is that look what they did going into New Orleans against that team. I mean, everybody thought that that was going to be kind of a blowout type game. It was going to be a huge game for the Saints. Uh, they kept Kamara in check. Michael Thomas had a decent game. Drew Brees had a nice game towards the end of it. Um, but that was a really kind of defensive struggle. Uh, and boy, has Miles Garrett looked legit, legit <laughs> yeah. like a legit monster this season. I mean, he, he has looked fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I think that if you were looking for a streaming defense, uh, yeah, you know, fine. You know, revoke my Pittsburgh status. Look at the Cleveland Browns. Right. I mean, they're legit this season. Um, I like Crow in this game. Uh, it just concerns me that, you know, Pal was the back last week. This is a true timeshare. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. Backfield. So if it's between uh, Crowell and, and Powell, if you have both on the team, you, you took them both late. Who are you starting this week if you have both of them? I almost would rather start Powell because of the added passing game dynamic because Crowell does not get involved or has not been getting involved uh in the passing game very much yeah and i'll actually go against you i'll go crowell i think he's going to help keep the pressure off darnold by trying to run the ball early um so i think he's going to at least get the attempts early um but uh you know if i have other options i'd prefer not to start either of them as flex at best he also might have a chip on the shoulder he's going against his old team right right uh, so you know that's an interesting new dynamic uh well, how about this uh hide or crowell in this game if you have to pick I think I'd still go Crowell. Hyde's not been efficient either. He's been getting in the end zone. But I just think that New York, with how good Cleveland's defense has been, will try and lean on the run as much as possible to get the heat off of um, Darnold uh, and set him up for play action to try and get something going in the pass game. So I think I'd go Crowell. How about you? I actually think I'm going to go Hyde. Uh, just because, I, again, for the same reason that I've, I felt Powell over Crowell, uh, Hyde seems to be getting involved in all aspects of that offense. Uh, but I, I do like the passing game a little bit in this game. Uh, I think Callaway has a chance to go off. Uh, he definitely showed that deep threat ability, and Tyrod's thrown the – I mean, has some faith in him. Uh, the one player I'm a little concerned about still is Njoku. Yeah, has really not been there very much uh, in these first two games. Uh, you expected him to be a huge part of the offense. Uh, he's being targeted, but he's not really turned in uh, one of those big-time games that we kind of expected him to have. And then last, we didn't mention him. I mean, we talked about him earlier. If you have Anunwa in PPR leagues, he's a wide receiver three start. I think you have to start him just based on volume alone. So Yep. yep. So we'll be recording our next show during the uh, game. So if we have anything that pops up, you'll hear that when we drop our ranking show. But join us on Thursday night when we will discuss our rankings 
Uh, we'll do some matchup analysis, and we will also do our third edition of Getting Drafty on the Draft app with our friends John and Craig, uh, and we'll give a recap of what happened in week two. But, Dan, let's go ahead and close this show up. Can, can, I, can I throw something at you real quick, Bob? Yeah, go for it. Now, uh, if you remember, you and I made a pick last week. Uh, I picked the Bengals. You oh. thought the Ravens were going to win. Good call. Uh, I, I was right. <laughs> Good call. Uh, who do you like this week, Bobby? I think the Browns finally get off the schneid here. Oh, well, that was going to be my big surprise. I agree. I think the Browns are. I think the Browns are going to pull this one out. So. Uh, we go. We both will go Browns. Then. Ah, good call. We, we got to keep doing this. So I'm glad you you reminded me about that because I, I forgot about the picks from last week. So, uh, but yeah, let's uh, like I said, uh, join us Thursday night uh, rankings matchup and getting drafty on the draft app. But as always, you can join us and follow us on Twitter at NotTakesFF on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we do a lot of posting on both ends and love interacting with everybody. Email us about anything you want, questions, concerns, uh, show uh, suggestions that you might have, nottakesff at gmail.com. You could visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm forward slash nottakesff. You can listen to us there, but you can also see everywhere our podcast is available. They give direct links if you prefer to listen somewhere else. For those that do follow us on Anchor, you have the ability to leave voice messages that we can integrate into the show. Um, we'd like to get that involved soon, so if you do follow us, feel free to leave us uh, any voicemail, any question that you might have. And for those specifically that follow us on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. A five-star rating and review really helps get our podcast out there, and we really appreciate any support. And if you follow us on any other platform, Spotify, Stitcher, what have you, Please subscribe because as soon as you subscribe, you get the latest episode automatically pushed to the device of your choice and the podcast platform of your choice. But Dan, let's close out the show like we always do and give a big shout out to your brother for helping us out. Yeah, I actually got a text from a friend of mine today saying, you know what, man, uh, I can't get that freaking not take song out of my head. <laughs> it's running through. Uh, so it's catchy, my man. And uh, it's a great tune. So shout out to my bro. Uh, song's called Alma. Thanks for letting us use it, buddy. Uh, much appreciated. And Dan, I will talk to you on Thursday night when we review our rankings and uh, do the draft on the draft app with our friends. Until then, you have a good night, and I'll talk to you later. Later.